Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by Agenda, the date-focused note-taking app for iPad, iPhone, and Mac. Learn more at agenda.com. If you look at shortcuts, you know, you, you see your shortcuts, you tap on it, and it runs. In launch cuts, you kind of, you can organize your shortcuts into folders, but you're still, you know, navigating to the shortcut, tapping it, and you're running it. And kind of, that's it. Uh, you might get a result, might show you a notification, uh, a quick look, you know, or, or speak something to you. So with MSC Deck, I wanted a way for the shortcut when it launched and when it ran to actually come back and show you something. So kind of like show you the, the status of its last run. Uh, or if you have automations, kind of maybe show you stuff directly that's updated throughout the day. So it was a way to, the concept of MSC Deck was to widgetize your shortcuts. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. On this episode, we are joined by Adam Toe, the developer of LaunchCuts and the newly released MFC Deck. MFC Deck is a new app that builds on shortcuts in some really cool ways. We discuss in-depth MFC Deck as well as shortcuts in general, plus some time at the top of the episode on the Newton. As a reminder, you can support the podcast a few different ways. First off, go and download Agenda for free right now. Agenda is a fantastic app with an awesome new widget and scribble support for iPadOS 14. Another way to support the podcast is by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. Every review goes a long way in signaling to Apple to show this podcast more in search. You can also get episodes early at patreon.com slash iPadPros. With that, here's my interview with Adam. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Adam. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you've got a new app coming out pretty soon. Um, before we get to all that, uh, can you just kind of first introduce yourself and how you use the iPad? Sure. I'm Adam Tao. I'm a longtime Apple user and developer of iOS apps such as Launch Cuts and MSC Deck. How do I use the iPad? Well, the iPad, I got my first one back when it was first released, what, 2010? And I would say the current iPad Pro is one of my most joyful and versatile computing devices that I use. And I've used a lot of Apple products in the past. You know, it's it's versatile for all the reasons I think listeners to your podcast know. It's portable like a laptop, has a great keyboard now with the Magic Keyboard, has stylus support, with the Apple Pencil. Uh, given my history, I think we're going to talk about this yeah. with the Newton. I'm really happy to see that. Uh, and it has terrific battery life. So I remember, you know, when I was a, a college student, I had a Newton, I had a physical watch, like a mechanical watch, and I had my laptop. And I always brought my laptop and my Newton to like classes. And my laptop would die after two hours. The, the Newton would kind of keep running for hours on end. Right. Yeah. And I see. I see the iPad as kind of like that successor, um, kind of the hybrid device that does, you know, the function of a laptop, but also is like a portable device. Did you have the keyboard for the Newton back in the day as well? I did. Uh, the original Newton didn't have a keyboard, so you had to like tap on the little on-screen keyboard. But I yeah. also used Graffiti, which was a, a great tool at the time to like quickly input text. And yeah, because I only you know the timeline. Is this uh, 2100 days by the end in college or was that still the older newtons the 100s and yeah when i first started college i had the original message pad mm -hmm. so <laughs> the very first one um yeah the handwriting recognition wasn't that great but with apps like i said graffiti it, you could actually input text fairly quickly uh, and then when the 2100 came out that was near the end of college uh, the handwriting recognition had been fixed, and it was it was a fantastic device. Yeah, I had a twenty one hundred well after it was discontinued, just 
for fun to play around with it and I, I really did enjoy the OS. It was just a delightful kind of experience to to play around with the Newton and just see how it all worked. And it's fun to see Scribble, which is basically the Newton handwriting recognition, including the Scribble out uh, and Circle and all that stuff. That's all from the Newton uh, make its way back to iPad. So yeah, it's great to see Scribble come to the iPads after such a long absence. Here's an interesting story. When the when I graduated from college, I kind of tried to make a go of it as an indie developer. And one day after Macworld Boston in 1997, I think, I was in Palo Alto and I saw Steve Jobs coming out of a sushi restaurant. And this is like the day after the keynote. And I said to him, you know, great speech. And he's like, thanks. Got in his car and drove off. And later that night, I wrote a letter to him saying, you know, what's happening with the Newton? You know, I hear you're rolling it back in. At the time, they were going to roll it out as a wholly owned subsidiary called yeah. Newton Inc. And I, uh, I asked him, you know, what, what are you going to do? You know, the Newton is a great product. You know, you can't let it die. And he wrote this very long letter back to, or email back to me uh, where he's saying, you know, the Newton, you know, the E-Mate is a great product. We're going to be rolling more resources and marketing towards it to make it a success. Not quite sure about the message pad. What do you think? Don't worry. You know, being back at Apple is going to be great because we'll have a lot more resources to to make it successful. And then a few months later in February of 1998, they decided to cancel the whole project. Yeah. And I was the organizer of the protests that was held at Apple campus just a few days later, which incidentally was the first day that Tim Cook started at Apple. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. It's kind of come full circle. You know, yeah. Then the, the Newton technology and some of the engineers stayed at the company. Uh, and then, you know, years later, iPhone came out iPad came out. Now, you know, we have uh, 2015 iPad Pro with the pencil came out. You could draw just like, you know, on the Newton. And now in 2020, we have Scribble. So yeah. we have like one of the last pieces of the Newton is coming coming back. And the shape recognition and notes as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, draw a circle and it becomes a circle. You yeah. Know, that's a, a great feature of the, the Newton Notepad app. Are there other Newton OS features you'd like to see come to iPad at some point? I, I really like the way the kind of the data architecture was set up with soups. The ability for like apps on the Newton to kind of access the data, pretty, pretty much control the app, uh, other apps on the Newton operating system. Now, again, the soup architecture is very, didn't have much security to it. Um, so yeah. I think the, the closest analog that we have today is with shortcuts, the ability for, you know, if the developer writes it, for the ability for other apps and shortcuts to access the data contained within, you know, their own app. Yeah, I forget all the intricacies of Soup and some of the other Newton OS things. I should try to find uh, Newton again. I actually sold mine when I moved around a bit. So uh, I remember the E-Mate, I got one in the first one. I got the hinge broke, so I had to track down like a more expensive one where someone retrofitted the hinge to make it work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I would like to add is like, you know, more expansion ports. <laughs> so the Newton had what, like interconnect port and had two PCMCIA slots. Yeah. Um, you can really add a lot to it versus, you know, iPad has just one USB port. Yeah, people add Wi-Fi to the Newton, which is crazy. Exactly. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. There's a lot. Of, there's there's a small kind of user community still around the Newton that's still kind of pushing it. Yeah. Last year, uh, we'll get to uh, modern stuff soon, but uh, last year, Inkwell got killed off from the Mac because the 64-bit transition. So it's kind of interesting that a year later, we get Scribble, so uh, Inkwell lives on in, uh, in the iPad. Definitely. You could still use uh, handwriting recognition on the on the Mac with like Chinese character recognition. Okay. Just not English. Yeah, you just need to get like a, you use your finger on the trackpad, which is quite large now, or you can get one of those, you know, 
uh, styluses that we used to use back in the day with the uh, iOS devices before the Pencil came out. So you talked about shortcuts a moment ago with Soup. Uh, your app builds on shortcuts, and do you have other... Yeah, Pushcut is another app that builds on Shortcut as well. Before we get to your apps in particular, I'm just curious how you use Shortcuts. Sure. Yeah, I've been using Shortcuts since it was called Workflow. You know, for, for the longest time, you know, iOS didn't have any automation tools whatsoever. So when Workflow came out, I was like, wow, this is this is great. And Workflow got bought by, by Apple and became Shortcuts. And then and we were all very scared when that happened. We were all very scared. But then when Shortcuts came out for iOS 12, it kind of validated the, the concept and we could kind of see that, hey, this is going to be part of the operating system moving forward. And it became part of the operating system in iOS 13 and gets and has gotten further, you know, solidified throughout the entire system in iOS 14. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew then that this was something to kind of focus on. And I think the, the idea and the, the concept of building shortcuts was very familiar to me because I'd been using Apple Script Automator. I wrote apps for the Newton and just the ability to kind of like drag stuff around run it and see how it works was a much better kind of programming a way of programming for me than kind of coding in Xcode. You know, that's kind of how I got started kind of making shortcuts to do automation things like, you know, control where I have this like digital camera, a digital SLR, which has Wi-Fi built in and an FTP capability. So when I take a photo with my camera, it instantly gets uploaded to all my digital devices through iCloud. It gets uploaded to like Google Photos and I even send it to Dropbox. And then from my phone back in the workflow days, I could actually like say, you know, I want these photos as they come in to be sent to this Dropbox folder. And then I could share that Dropbox folder with people at an event that I'm at. And then they would see the photos like instantly coming from the big DSLR that I had, which was you know, which still has great image quality. And you're tethered, that camera's tethered to... No, not, not tethered not tethered at all. So the camera itself has Wi-Fi and the ability to send photos through FTP. Yeah, it has Wi-Fi, but if you're out in the field, uh, getting Wi-Fi's... So I'm out in the field, so you could use like a personal hotspot. Right, that's what I Wi-Fi. mean. Yeah, not tethered yeah. in the stance of tethered uh, over wire to computer, but tethered uh, via internet. Exactly. Yep. Very cool. So that was kind of like the first idea I had about using like uh, workflow and shortcuts to kind of automate certain things that I was doing at the time, which was photography. Uh, but since then, you know, I've been, I was like looking at holes in shortcuts when it came out on iOS 12 and said, well, one of the biggest things people want is folders. So I was like, how can I make folders for shortcuts? And so I made basically this super shortcut called Launch Cuts, a, a giant shortcut that basically added folders to shortcuts. And then in iOS 13, I decided to make it into an app, uh, a native iOS app. And that's kind of led me to kind of making these kind of iOS kind of shortcut helper apps. Yeah. And there's a whole ecosystem of these apps. And I, I love seeing it because Shortcuts is a great app, but there's a lot of holes that need filled. And it's great to see third-party apps kind of take the reins and push the way forward. And some features will get rolled into Shortcuts, like folders. But with Launch Cuts, what were the features that that app still does that Shortcuts doesn't really do that well? Yeah, so Launch Cuts has tag support. So you could tag your shortcuts uh, and then organize uh, your shortcuts into kind of smart folders based on tags. So if you tag like 10 of your shortcuts saying like tools, you can create like a smart folder called tools in Launch Cuts and then it will show all those 10 uh, shortcuts. And as you add more tags to your shortcuts, they'll kind of automatically appear. Um, you can nest folders within Launch Cuts and then you can also put shortcuts uh, in multiple folders. So these are things that you can't do in the Shortcuts app on iOS 14. With Launch Cuts, 
does it import the folders that are in shortcuts for iOS 14 to give you a baseline to work from, or is it just giving you all the shortcuts and you create different folders in there? It's, it can do both. So there's a, I posted on my uh, Launch Cuts Twitter account a shortcut that basically scans your sh- iOS 14 shortcuts library, looks at all the folders that, or looks at the folder that the shortcut belongs to and creates a folder in Launch Cuts that has the same name as that folder and then puts that shortcut in it. So you could have both your Launch Cuts created folders and your shortcuts created folders within launch cuts. That's great. And something in MFC deck that I love is when you're organizing your shortcuts to try to find stuff, you can sort it by the icon you give it. So if you are careful with your icons and have like music icons for all your music related shortcuts, it's very easy in MFC deck to find all those and group them together just by the icon that you use, which is really clever. I love I love that. Right. I think you meant launch cuts, right? Actually I found an MFC deck. Does Launch Cuts also have that same feature of sorting by icon? It does. So okay. Launch Cuts can um, sort by kind of the native sort, although that there's currently a bug in the shortcuts in iOS 14 where, where if you do get my shortcuts, it actually returns all your shortcuts in alphabetical order before the get my shortcuts returned it in the order at which the shortcuts appeared in your app. Okay. You can also sort by name, color, icon, and size, or you can just manually sort them. But yeah, in within MSC Deck, yeah, you can sort shortcuts by icon. Okay. Yeah. And size and name. There's that feature that's kind of shared between them. What other launch cuts versus MFC Deck? What's what was your goal with MFC Deck versus launch cuts that's already out there? And MFC Deck is very soon and may already be out when this podcast launch. Um, I'm not quite sure yet as Apple's doing reviews and things like right now. Yeah. So MFC deck came as a result of kind of using shortcuts for several years and developing launch cuts over the past, uh, I think year and a half, two years. If you look at shortcuts, you know, you, you see your shortcuts, you tap on it and it runs in launch cuts. You kind of, you can organize your shortcuts into folders, but you're still, you know, navigating to the shortcut, tapping it and you're running it. And kind of that's it. Uh, you might get a result, might show you a notification, uh, a quick look, you know, or, or speak something to you. So with MSC Deck, I wanted a way for the shortcut when it launched and when it ran to actually come back and show you something. So kind of like show you the the status of its last run. Uh, Or if you have automations, kind of maybe show you stuff directly that's updated throughout the day. So it was a way to, the concept of MSC Deck was to widgetize your shortcuts. Uh, And this was, I was developing MSC Deck before any news of, uh, any public news of iOS 14 home screen widgets came out. So as you're developing MFC deck and you're developing with the iOS 13 model in, in play and then iOS 14 gets announced and it totally revamps widgets, what'd that do for your development cycle? That must have really disrupted things a bit. It didn't so much disrupt the development cycle as it validated kind of the idea that I was going for, uh, but it also kind of, didn't say, say, say stole the thunder away from it, but it basically uh, pointed that Everyone's going to be marrying these home screen widgets. And how am I going to differentiate myself if the whole concept of the app was to widgetize your shortcuts, right? Right. Um, Because now people are saying, well, I have an app that uh, does widgets. So why would I use MFC deck? Well, the the idea then became more focusing on the control deck idea Mm -hmm. of MFC deck and also speak to users and say, well, if your app that has shortcut support doesn't do everything you want it to do within the widget, you could create an MFC deck card that's powered by shortcuts that gets all the information that you want from the app and display it to you in a widget. So as an example, the weather widget from, from Apple, there's you know the small, medium, and large size. 
and it displays, you know, some set of information about the location that you give it. But what if you wanted to say, show the air quality index for a particular location, right? Uh, you might not be able to do that within the, the, the small, medium, or large Apple default weather widget. But with MFC deck, you could create a shortcut that you put into an MFC deck card that displays exactly the information that you want for that location. So like temperature, the conditions, and the AQI. So these cards, a lot of them, you can have them set up as the shortcuts running kind of periodically. And the result, that output, is displayed inside that card as kind of this passive thing versus shortcuts, which is a more active thing normally where you're seeking out a shortcut to run versus this is just just always kind of updating as you need the, the data. You just glance at it, right? In a sense. So, I mean, you, you open up shortcuts. Let's say you've, you've created a folder, which is like, I don't know, weather, mm-hmm. right? And then you, you tap the, the weather shortcut and then it would, you know, get information for, you know, conditions at seven different locations, right? But you'd have to actually tap it to run it to see the result, right? Right. Um, with MFC deck, you could have a deck that has seven buttons, uh, which then run, you know, the same shortcut, but each card would run the shortcut with different parameters. So you could have the weather card run the weather shortcut and say, give me the information for San Diego. Give me the information for New York, Paris, Washington and you know Boulder, Colorado, right? And then within the deck, you could see all that information displayed to you all at once, okay? And then if you wanted to update it, you would just run one shortcut that then updates all those cards. And you can even tie it to a personal automation so that that updating of all those cards happens at sunrise. So that when you wake up, you just open the deck and there's all the information for those weather conditions that are run from that shortcut instantly, uh, you know, visible to you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to run any shortcut. That's really cool. And I can imagine some really powerful uses of that. So can you kind of go through the philosophy bit of the cards versus the decks and just how the apps laid out and kind of configuring this, configuring the app for your needs? Sure. So MFC deck, there's two concepts you kind of understand. There's the concept of decks. Think of them like folders and cards, which are basically uh, buttons so within a card, you can you can do four things. You can do nothing. It can display information. You can run a shortcut, and you can run a shortcut with either just like tapping on it, and it would run it just like you tapped on it on the shortcuts app, or you could run it with parameters. So you could specify a, a parameter to send to the shortcut. That means you could have like in the case of the weather widget, you can have seven cards all with different parameters, and after you run it, they would display different things. Another thing you can do with a card, you can open another deck. So if you have lots of decks, you can have a, a button that says, you know, switch to the primary deck or switch to the weather deck. And then the fourth thing is you can open a URL. And within the URL, you could either just open the Safari web browser to a URL, or you could retrieve the contents of the URL and display it back in the card. And so what you do then is you create a deck and then you populate it with cards and you can rearrange the cards however you want. There's different layouts for decks. You can have square decks, rectangular decks, or I have what's called album decks, which have Mm -hmm. a mix of cards. Um, Cards can be either small, medium, or large, kind of think of them like widgets. And so you can arrange within the album decks, you can have like a series of small cards and then you have a medium card, you can have a large card. You can rearrange them however you want using drag and drop. How's these uh, decks layout scale from the iPad, which is a huge canvas you're able to look at and arrange down to an iPhone and even smaller down to the watch? How does that 
scale down and um, appreciate how you did arrange them on the larger canvas, like the iPad. Yeah. So with the square and kind of adjustable or rectangular layouts, they're just shown in a grid. Um, with the album layouts, the iPad has can show more. So I try to keep the relative size of those cards the same, but then there's just more of them. So for instance, I'm looking right now on my screen at my primary deck and on the iPhone, there's like a, a medium-sized widget surrounded by one, two, three, four, five kind of small widgets. But on the iPad, there's like a large widget and then it's surrounded by one, two, three, four, eight, nine small cards. So you may want to create decks that are kind of like iPad specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you might want to create decks that are kind of like iPhone specific just because they, they do change their positions when you, when you look at them um, between the different devices. And a single card... It can be in multiple decks, or do you have to duplicate that card for that to happen? You would have to duplicate the card. So there's when you're you duplicate the card into another deck, and then it would basically become a separate card. Gotcha. So I long thought about whether or not you know a card is something that's kind of you just have a list of cards and you put them into decks, or if you have decks that are populated by individual cards. And the approach that I took uh, was to have decks that had individual cards. I like that approach because yeah, you might want to tweak a card just a little bit for the watch, or you know, make it a little bit more individual in that way. Right, and if it, it was if it wasn't like an alias, it would change that card across all your decks, which might get confusing. What does MFC stand for? Yeah, so MFC stands for Multifunction Control Deck. So okay. Originally, the app was going to be called NFC Deck, which stands for you know Near Field Communication, because the genesis of of the app was to be able to create this like physical control deck of NFC stickers that then you would tap on with like an iPhone that has NFC tag support. And then it would run a shortcut based on, you know, the tag that you, you, you clicked on. And then you create decks, the same kind of grid approach in this NFC deck. And then you would, it would run a different shortcut. So you could have the same NFC tag run multiple shortcuts depending on which deck you were in. Hmm. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. But then as I started to move away from the kind of the NFC tag, I needed to come up with a different name. So I'm like thinking, okay, I'll just change the yeah. N to an M and call it multifunction control deck, which is a good descriptor for the app because it can really do a lot of things for a lot of people. It just depends on what what you're looking for. Does MSC deck kind of serve that need? And there is NFC functionality in there still for iPhone users. How does that work? Right. So there's a concept of tags, which is normally hidden by default within the app. But you can enable it within the settings uh, section. And what that does is it allows you to assign a, have a, a tag to a card. Each card can have only one tag, but you can have multiple cards with the same tag. So within um, when you're assigning, creating an, MS, an NFC personal automation, you can, within iOS and the Shortcuts app, you can say, you know, when this NFC tag is tapped, run this tag in MFC deck. And so what will happen is you tap the NFC tag. It will say, okay, I want to run the A1 tag in MFC deck. And it will look at what is the current deck that I'm in? Is there an A1 tag assigned to it? Yes. Then it will run that shortcut. No. What is the default deck? You can assign a deck to be the default one. Mm -hmm. And then if there's an A1 tag in A1 tagged card in the default deck, it will run that shortcut. Okay. So you can think of it like, Let's say you have um, an NFC sticker that's attached to your steering wheel on your car. And in the morning, you have a morning deck. So you have a personal automation that says like sunrise, set the default deck to the morning deck. Get in your car, you tap on NFC tag, and it will like calculate directions 
to work. Okay. And then in the afternoon, you have a personal automation that says, okay, it's the afternoon. Set the default deck to the afternoon deck. You get back in your car again, you tap the same sticker, but instead of running the card that's in the morning deck, it runs the one in the afternoon deck, which would be like calculate directions back home and yeah. send a text message to like my family that I'm coming back home. Can it also just open up a deck that's kind of there as a control pad in your car where you have a big button for playing music, a big button for, uh, you know, maps or, you know, just a more car friendly interface if you don't have CarPlay? Sure, sure. Yeah, you could set the default deck. I mean, I have a, I have a, for myself, like a, a personal automation, like in, in the morning, it sets the default deck to like the morning deck. And it also like it's opens that's the current deck to the weather deck and then runs the update weather thing. So like the first thing that I do when I wake up, I see the weather kind of all, all updated and the default deck is set to the NFC deck. But yeah, you could um, easily have it, you know, set a default deck and open a deck to like my car driving deck Yeah, with big buttons that you can push to do things. So this does run on the Apple Watch and I do run several shortcuts every day on my Apple Watch. It's very handy to just quickly navigate through the watch and do some things more automatically. How have you found MFC Deck on the watch? What kind of use cases do you find for it there? There's no way to run a shortcut from the MFC Deck app. So you'd still use the shortcuts app to kind of run shortcuts. Okay. But what MFC Deck uh, on the Apple Watch could do is it could display the result of cards. Um, so you could have, again, your weather deck, and you would just open it up and see the um, updated cards for when, from when you last ran that you know, update weather deck shortcut. And will it, uh, if you're, say, on LTE on your watch, will it gather that remotely somehow, or does it have to be connected via Bluetooth for that uh, data to be there? Yeah, it's, everything's stored in iCloud, okay. CloudKit, so it would just uh, show you whatever data was, you know, also on your phone. Okay, your iPad. nice. And something I really love about just the infrastructure you have here is, if you want to know stats about your shortcuts, it gives you, like, oh, you ran this shortcut 59 times, or... 5,000 times. It'll keep a track of how many times you're running that. So it's kind of just interesting from a data standpoint how you're using shortcuts. Right, right. I think that's probably a feature that they'll, they'll probably add to shortcuts in iOS 15. <laughs> right. Uh, add it with screen time, a little uh, shortcuts. I mean, how often, exactly. In, yeah. Enjoy it now. Yeah, it's like the text expander, how much time you're saving and sh- shortcuts. Well, here's how much estimated time you save by using shortcuts. So the inspiration for this app it came from your usage of shortcuts itself and you seeing a need for having this kind of card infrastructure versus what shortcuts does is that kind of the gist of where it came from yeah so it's a combination of you know using shortcuts and launch cuts wanting folders wanting the ability to kind of run multiple or run the same shortcut with different parameters uh and using nfc tags so it was kind of like this smorgasbord of kind of feature ideas that kind of coalesced uh, to form the, gen- the the idea of this app. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by Agenda. In this quick break, I want to talk a little bit more about Agenda and share one of my favorite free new features introduced this year. So one of the more notable updates this year has been a huge revamp to the Agenda share sheet. Simply put, it is hard to think of other apps that have a share sheet as impressive and useful as what Agenda created. Here's how it works. Say you are in Safari and found a link you want to include in one of your agenda notes. Tap on the share sheet and select agenda. From there, you're given full hierarchy of your projects and then a list of all your notes. 
Tap on the note you want to edit, and it will pull up inside the actual share sheet the full agenda note. Here you can type whatever you want to give context about the link you are adding. With a simple tap of the insert button, it will insert that link into the body of your agenda note. So you're in drafts, you can hit the share sheet, and you can find in your agenda note where you want to add that text you've been working on in drafts. By hitting the insert button, all that text will be magically inserted into your agenda note exactly where you want it. The interface makes it very clear what you are inserting into your agenda note. If it is a link, it will have a little link icon along with the title of the link. In Draft's case, it will give you a preview of the actual text being inserted. You will never be surprised at what is being inserted into your note from the agenda share sheet. The share sheet extension will remember the last note you were in to make it even quicker to be editing the same note as you move between different apps. Navigation to other notes is also quick and easy if you do want to move around to other notes inside of the extension. The power of this is endless. Agenda has created a system where you can be in any app on your iPad and with a simple tap of the share sheet, insert data into your agenda note. The extension includes the full text formatting bar, so if you do want to create a new header or format your text in other ways, that is straightforward and simple. Give this share sheet extension a try today and see how this can change your workflows. It really is a powerful feature that demonstrates why iPadOS is such a great operating system for doing your work on. Agenda's core feature set is free for everyone and provides a fantastic experience even without paying them a cent. For those that want to unlock tons of great premium features, you can unlock all the existing premium features plus 12 months of new features for a single in-app purchase. I love this approach. No subscription, just paying for premium unlocks when the developers add features you believe is worth the price of admission. At the end of those 12 months, you keep every premium feature that was available during those 12 months. The Agenda team has to continually work to prove their worth to encourage you to unlock another 12 months of new features at the end of your year. If you've ever tried using a task manager to take notes and were frustrated by that experience, give Agenda a try. It's the note-taking app that actually helps you stay on track with work and personal projects. To learn more, go to agenda.com. Download Agenda today for free from the App Store. Thanks again to Agenda for sponsoring this episode of iPad Pros. Learn more at www.agenda.com. How simple is it to create a card and how complex can they get if you do know how to do HTML coding? Right. So creating cards is very simple. You basically, in the app, you just open a deck and push the plus button, and then you can define kind of all the parameters of the card. You can give it a name. You can assign what deck it's supposed to be in, and then you can determine its action. Again, do nothing, run a shortcut, open a deck, or open a URL. You can change the icon and the color of it, and and then you can hit done. And then whenever you tap on it, it will just run that shortcut. Now, the, the power comes from writing a shortcut that then returns kind of display information to back to MSC deck to display in that card. So I have this, this idea of... Um, the MFC deck result JSON object, which is a dictionary. If you're familiar with writing a shortcut, you should know about dictionaries. You can create these key value pairs. And if you format the dictionary in such a way, and I have a complete documentation on kind of how it how it works, and along with a lot of sample shortcuts that show you how this card result should look like, you can create cards that have rows and columns. They can display kind of icons and graphics. They could have tappable areas. You can actually have little 
buttons within the card that do other things like run other shortcuts or open URLs. So when you define this kind of card result JSON, you can make the card look kind of however you want. So similar again to how widgets look, you can make your card look like a little mini widget hard by your shortcuts. Okay. And you mentioned URLs before. How do those tie into the cards? I know the cards have URLs themselves, but you can also integrate with outside URLs. Right. So you could have um, a card that's attached to a URL so that when you tap on it, it will then go over the internet and get the contents of that URL. So if the contents of that URL is an MFC deck card result object, it will just display that uh, right there in the interface. And there's no uh, kind of switching out of the MFC deck to go to shortcuts to open the URL. It all happens within the app. So it's very responsive. So if you, you can think of it as if you can integrate, say, like If This Then That or Zapier or Integromat or any kind of third-party kind of web service utility to save a file that's accessible on the internet that your deck can retrieve, the MFC deck can retrieve, you could have a control panel populated with information from the internet. And how does it display that data? Like, So it's visual, but I mean, is it, do these web services have to be coded by you in the back end to make them look good in the card or how does the actual that cards? Yeah. So they, they would have to return this, like I said, this NFC deck uh, dictionary, the JSON result object, which is a dictionary in shortcuts parlance, but it's a, basically a JSON object or like web develop, but it's just text, right? Like yeah. an HTML file. So if it just can format the data in such a way that MFC deck can understand, it will display that information within the card. The result object can be formatted in such a way such that you can display certain information in the small card size, certain information in the medium card size, and certain information in the large card size. So depending on how large the card is within MSC deck or within a home screen widget, uh, it will display different information. And are these cards shareable with each other? Can you send a card to a friend? And Yeah, you can't share them like from a, a share sheet. The URL cards, you can just say, you know, create a new card and point it to this URL. Okay. You're basically done. Mm -hmm. uh, you could also create a shortcut that creates the card. So I have a couple shortcut examples in the shortcut MSC deck shortcut gallery that show you how you can create entire decks and cards that you can then, you can just share the shortcut and then they can create their own deck and card. Okay. And what kind of actions are in the shortcuts app that you, you can build shortcuts that integrate with MFC deck. Yeah. So MFC deck has over 30 actions and pretty much anything you can do within the app, you can do within the shortcuts app. So you could say you could create decks, you can delete decks, you can create tags and cards, you can add images, you can display the card results. So you can use basically display what MFC deck shows you within a home screen widget or on the Apple watch. You could also display it within a Siri voice response. Um, you can set the default deck. You can, you know, refresh uh, cards, reload widgets. So there's basically a lot of features that you can use through custom actions within the Shortcuts app. Okay, very cool. And you also integrate with DataJar, Toolbox Pro, and Gizmo Pack. How do those work? Yeah, so if you have a card that runs a shortcut, you can set the input type to basically the text that you enter within MFC Dex card. Or you can say, you know, grab the information from Toolbox Pro, their global variables, or from Data Jar using a path period notation path prefix. Or within Gizmo Pack, they have Gizmo Pack has like three different types of, of variables. Okay. So if you use Data Jar, say, to track, you know, the movies you watch, you could import that data into 
MFC deck to display that in a nice looking widget as an example. It's it's more you would send you would send the data that's in data jar to the shortcut. So yep. let's say you have um a weather variable within data jar, mm-hmm. okay? Which is like a list of all the cities you want to kind of track. Um you could say you could have in the shortcut uh, or in the card say, you know, data favorite cities and it would send that variable to the shortcut. And if the shortcut says receives that information like as a list, it would then kind of like iterate through that list, you know, process it and then send the result back to MFC deck. Gotcha. So Something I saw on the website, I don't use a Mac really these days. I've got an old uh, 2011 MacBook Air that's still around for some things. But uh, if you are into Mac still, you can use MFC Deck as like a controller for your Mac. And I did this back in the day when I was more into Macs. Uh, I think Remote Buddy or something back in the day where it would... Uh, be kind of a like a media controller for your Mac in certain ways like that. Uh, so how does this integration work? And is this functionality something that you see could happen with iPad apps? Is it sending like a keyboard shortcut or uh, what's the kind of background and how this actually functions? Sure. So there's a shortcut that I wrote called MFC Deck Key Command. And what it does is it sends uh, commands to a Mac OS computer. So you have to supply your username and password and it's kind of security... Side note, you know, this information is stored in the clear within the shortcut. So just keep that in mind. Don't share the shortcut. uh, Right. You (laughs) edited it. But then what it does is just creates an SSH, talks to the computer using SSH, and then sends an Apple script. So the Apple script would say, you know, uh, press this command in this app. So for instance, if you had like the Zoom app open and you had an MFC deck that controls Zoom, you would say, you know, you push the mute button and it would send the, you know, command shift a command to the zoom app. Or if you're in um, Xcode, you know, you have a build button. It would send the command B button to the Xcode when you tapped on that card within MFC deck. So that's how it would you, and you can use MFC deck to kind of control your macOS computer and to create kind of these control decks mm-hmm. where you can control different apps because it has to open up the shortcuts app and then run it and then call SSH command and then call Apple script to like run the command on the Mac. It is, takes like a, a second or two to kind of run. Okay. Um, there are other ways to kind of improve the performance. So if you use something like keyboard maestro, you can basically create in keyboard maestro, these kind of universal URLs that when you tap on it or when you hit that URL, it would then run the keyboard maestro script or macro. So you could also create an MSC deck uh, deck that controls Zoom, that instead of like using my key command shortcut, would call Keyboard Maestro to do basically the exact same thing. And it would run a lot faster and be, you know, pretty much instantaneous as if you, you know, clicked on the mute button in the Zoom app or hit Command Shift A yeah. on the keyboard. So the idea behind like the control deck is, you know, well, if, you're, if I'm at my computer, why don't I just use the, the keys, right? Is, you know, you have this control deck for all these different apps and it's a visual interface. So think of it like a touch a touch bar, but running on your on your iPhone or your iPad. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it can be really powerful, especially if you're doing live production in a scenario where you really don't want noise too of keyboard clicks and mouse clicks. Right. Yeah, it's, it's similar. I mean, a lot of podcasters and streamers use a product from Elgato called a Stream Deck. Yeah. So it's a physical hardware device with like six buttons up to like uh, 30 buttons. And so using MSC Deck, you can basically kind of replicate the functionality of a Stream Deck, but on your iPad and your iPhone. Yeah, it's really cool. And am I right that there's no way for developers to emulate like a Bluetooth keyboard, like an iPhone paired to an iPad in any way? Because that'd be really cool to like... (laughs) 
Uh, my iPhone is paired in to my iPad as a Bluetooth keyboard through this app. Yeah, I, I've thought about this. So there's this product idea that I have to be able to kind of help like my parents kind of use the iPad. So, you know, on the Mac, you can you can use like remote uh, desktop or you can use Zoom to like control their computer. But there's no way to kind of do that on the iPad. And people say, you know, oh, the iPad, the iPhone's so easy to use. But it's actually not that easy to use, especially with iOS 13, 14, where, you know, you have like split view, you have like even in Safari, you have tabs and they don't know what to tap on. Yeah. Right. But you could, you can attach a Bluetooth uh, mouse to, or not even Bluetooth, you can connect like a physical mouse to the iPad and you can see the cursor. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So what if you could create a device that mimics a Bluetooth mouse, but then is connected to the internet, which is then controlled by like an app that's running on on your phone, right? Right. Yeah. So you could have them do like a Zoom screen share with you, which you can do on Zoom on the iPad. Mm-hmm. But then they could plug in this little device, which then you're controlling over the internet to move the <laughs> mouse that's on their screen. So I don't that product doesn't exist yet, but I think that'd be a great product. Yeah. yeah. No, I was thinking about that because those touchpad things are really they're really powerful for the Mac, and I'd love to see. The second iPad, you have a second iPad that's like controlling. It's a Luma Fusion as you're editing in there, and that'd be cool. Right, right. So your second question is, you know, can you run like a card or a shortcut that then controls something on the iPad? And it is, it is kind of hard. You could do something. You could hack together something with like MFC Dex Trigger Server, or maybe even Push Cuts Automation Server. Yeah. That then, when you run a shortcut, it then like drops like a piece of information on the web that then the iPad is like constantly like pinging for mm-hmm. or looking for, and then it would like run a shortcut on the iPad. But it wouldn't be very fast, right? It'd be like once a minute it would check. Yeah, it, it, there would be a delay and you wouldn't be able to do something like um, type text right. like in an app. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, with the NFC thing, I was wondering on the iPhone, kind of NFC tap something and send that over to the iPad in some way, kind of like the old touchpad uh, uh, veer situation back with uh, the Palm uh, right, WebOS right. stuff. Yeah, maybe iOS 15. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can always hope. Yeah. So the app's free to download, and there's a ton of functionality in that. I think pretty much everything we talked about is available free of charge. Is that right? It is. So there's a premium unlock that costs $4.99. And it gives you access to things like the trigger server, which allows you to run shortcuts automatically when MFC deck is in the foreground. So you can kind of configure shortcuts that you want to run and you can set like how often they run uh, and what times of day they run. And then you can run the trigger server and it will just happily run in the, um, in the foreground. So you can have like your iPad like running at night and then running the trigger server and your shortcuts will be running. And then the premium unlock also gives you like custom icons for decks and cards in different layouts. So the album layouts. And then the ability to set uh, how often a card can run. So if you have a, a card that you only want to run during the weekdays, you can say, you know, this card can only run during the weekdays. And if you try to tap it on the weekend, it like it won't do anything. In the trigger server, this stuff all talks through iCloud, but it's on device. So the server would relate to things run on that actual device. You couldn't have an old iPhone laying around plugged into the power running as a server for your iPad that's somewhere else. That's right. So it's just a server for the device itself. Okay. And then the trigger server works independently. So if you have a phone, you'd only see the triggers the triggers that you create for the phone. Gotcha. And the same thing for the iPad. Yeah. So they're not shared. In okay. Device. And we didn't really dive too deep in the widgets, but the I imagine the widget support, you're able to set that up with multiple widgets and decks. And I'm not sure if you want to talk a bit on, on the widgets themselves. Sure, sure. Yeah, so there's um, three widgets. So there's a 
standard card widget where you can have a small, medium, or large card. And then tapping on the card will, or tapping on the widget will like either run the, the card in MFC deck, or you could actually, you know, define different buttons within the medium and large widgets to run different actions. There's also a, a widget to open a deck and a multi-deck widget that lets you show up to eight decks that you can tap on and then it will just launch MFC deck to that deck. The widgets also have ability to, when you tap on it, it will open up MFC deck and then return you back to the home screen. So you don't have to be stuck within the MSC deck app after the, the card runs. Nice. And then as you're creating these cards and kind of scenarios for how you want to use MSC deck, you're part of the automator's forums. Is that kind of the best place to go to brainstorm for new ideas and how you want to use this app? Yeah, that's one way to go. There's also a dedicated subreddit at MFC deck on Reddit. Um, you can also send me uh, thoughts and suggestions at the MFC deck Twitter account. Very cool. And then is there anything we didn't cover about MSC Deck that you'd like to before we wrap it up? Anything we missed here? There's a lot of features with MSC Deck uh, and it can be confusing, you know, when you first look at it. But I think the trick is to kind of look at all the things that MSC Deck provides and see if it can be of use to you. So if you use NFC tags, I think MSC Deck would be a, a fantastic um, tool in your kind of iOS app arsenal to have expand on the power of MSC tags. If you want to have like a kind of this configurable control panel, we can kind of see lots of information at once. MFC Deck is a, is a great app. If you want to be able to launch different shortcuts with different parameters, it's a it's also a great app. So look at the app, see see what you like in it, and uh, support indie developers like myself for making kind of taking shortcuts and expanding its power and functionality. Well, um, where can people find more information about MFC Deck? So you can go to the MFC Deck website. So it's just uh, mfcdeck.com. Uh, there's complete documentation uh, if you start using it at mfcdeck.com slash docs. And if you want a gallery of MFC Deck compatible shortcuts, you can go to mfcdeck.com slash shortcuts. Uh, you can also follow, uh, get the latest updates at Twitter at MFC Deck. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful learning more about MFC Deck. And it's really just great to see all these shortcut apps really make shortcuts this fully fledged you know arsenal of automation so thank you adam for creating such an awesome tool like this great thanks for having me well that was my interview with adam thanks again to adam for his time recording this interview and thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in to this week's episode of ipad pros my thanks again to agenda for sponsoring ipad pros go to www.agenda.com to learn more about their awesome app and download the app today for free on the app store and make sure to try out their awesome share extension that I spoke about earlier on in this episode. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.